1: Jesus said, if you hold to my teachings, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Sometimes when non-believers want to have a dig at Christians, they will wait until they catch us in a moment of weakness or failure and then say, call yourself a Christian. My response to that taunt is, yes, but not a good one. I never said I was a good Christian, but I am a Christian. I am trusting fully in what Jesus did on the cross for sinners like me. People seem to have this weird idea that a Christian is someone who has behaved unto salvation. And the Bible knows nothing of that kind of doctrine. It speaks only of those who believe unto salvation. That's the whole point, isn't it? It's not what I've done that has washed away my sins and written my name in the book of life, but what he did on the cross. A Christian never says, look at me and become like me. It says, look to Jesus and be saved. We are not the message. Jesus is. Of course, when a person is born again, they become a partaker of the divine nature. And the life that is now on the inside begins to manifest itself on the outside through our behavior. But the fact remains, we are not saved by our behavior, but through the finished work of Jesus. This is Set Free with Ken Legg.
0: And thank you for joining us. It's Phil here along with author and pastor Ken Legg. And our subject this week is, Salvation is Forever. It's such a relief to know that we are not the message, but Jesus is. And uh, Ken, as you say, when a person becomes a Christian,
1: eventually change will begin to be seen in that person's life, isn't it? Yeah, that's right. Uh, As you know, we're looking at the subject of eternal security this week. But sometimes people make a profession of salvation and there's never any change in their lives. and. Then again, there are others who seem to have changed, but then they go right back to their old way of life and even renounce any belief in Jesus whatsoever. Mm. In fact, somebody recently told me of a person they knew and they'd led this person to Christ and then that person fell away and wants nothing more to do with Christianity. And they said to me, well, he definitely was saved. So how does that fit into the once saved, always saved theory? Well, my reply was, first of all, no one can say for sure that another person was definitely saved. And that's and only, an interesting point, isn't it? I yeah. guess it's, it's only God who really, really knows that. That's right. And in fact, Jesus warned us against making that kind of judgment uh, concerning who saved and who isn't. You Remember the parable of the wheat and the tears? Mm. Um, they were growing together and then when the the uh, workers discovered them there in the field, they wanted to go in and start pulling up the tears. and the, the boss said, no, no, <laughs> don't do that, otherwise you'll pull up some wheat as well. And so it's not our job to try to pull up the, the tears, the, the sort of counterfeits, if you yeah. like. Um, but the Bible does say there's a difference between those who profess faith in Christ and those who actually possess genuine faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Not everybody who professes salvation actually possesses it. Um, Paul, when he was writing to Titus, he said, they profess to know God, but in their works they deny him. And then in another place he said, there are those who have a form of godliness, but actually who deny the reality or the power of it. Mm. I'm sure that most, if not all
0: of us, uh, would know people who we thought were true Christians and uh, now they you know totally renounced Christ or so they've moved right away from any sense of of looking like they're following Christ or maybe even
1: become atheists. Yeah. What do you do with that? Well, I think, and I've come to discover, you know, studying the Word of God, that there's a difference between what I would call an awakened soul and a regenerated spirit. Now, Now, both of those are works of the Holy Spirit. An awakened soul is all of a sudden aware through the Holy Spirit that they are sinners, Mm. that they do need Christ for their salvation. And uh, they kind of get into Christian activity. You know, they get into Christian things because they're favorable towards the the cause of the church and so on. And so they come to church, they get involved in Christian activities, they talk the lingo, behave like Christians at times. Might even listen to Christian radio. Might even (laughs) listen to Christian radio. But have they all been born again? Now, regeneration only takes place when a person really trusts in Jesus for their salvation. When they come to that point where they can say, on Christ, the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. Now, in the parable of the sower, Phil, you remember that some seed actually fell on stony ground. Now, it sprung up, but Uh, above the surface all seemed fine, but we couldn't really see what was happening beneath the surface, in the ground. And Jesus said that this seed actually had no root. Now, what does that mean? Well, of course, Jesus is the root of true Christianity. Uh, Paul says, "...as you have received Christ Jesus..." So walk in him, rooted and built up in him and established in the faith. Now, some people are rooted in the church. They're rooted in uh, morality and, and, and a, you know believing in the morals of Christianity and so on. Yeah. But they haven't got a, their roots in a genuine faith of the Lord Jesus Christ. So they have a form of godliness but no real connection with Christ. Mm. So is it fair to say that those people are tares rather than wheat? Yeah, that's what I think Jesus was saying. And our tares are counterfeit Christians. We have no trouble believing in false prophets and false teachers and false apostles. Well, the Bible actually speaks about false brethren. Uh, Some people have been enlightened, but they've not been regenerated. So they're in the same field. There's tears and wheat growing together. There's professing Christians and there are possessing Christians. And it's not for us to say whether uh, this person's got just a surface connection with Christ or whether they're really rooted in him. Mm, It's really,
0: that's God's responsibility. I guess what you're saying, it's the difference between knowing how to swim and actually jumping in and and doing it. Is there an example in the scriptures that springs to mind for I believe there is.
1: Uh, In fact, even amongst the disciples of Jesus, there was one who on the outside looked like a genuine believer, but later it emerges that he wasn't really saved. That's Judas you're talking about, I guess, here. Obviously. <laughs> uh, some believe that he was saved and then was lost, which means then a person could lose their salvation. Mm-hmm. Others, in fact, I know people that believe that he was saved and is still saved today. Um, but the New Testament, I believe, tells us that he never was saved. Now, because of our you know limited time that we've got, let's just quickly go to John chapter 6. And that's where Jesus had fed the 5,000 and people were following him and said, well, look, you're only following me for the the food that perishes. You know, you need to follow me for the food that that endures for eternity. And, you know, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man, drink his blood, you've got no life in you, then many turned away. And uh, we read this, that Jesus said, there are some of you who do not believe, for Jesus knew from the beginning who they were that did not believe and who would betray him. Now, in response to that, um, Jesus said to the disciples, are you going to go away? And they said, no, 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 we, we, we're not going to go away. In fact, Peter spoke on behalf of all of them, and he basically said, look, you know, you said that um, there's some here who don't believe, but obviously we, the disciples, are not like that. We're not in that category. Yeah. Now, now, Jesus couldn't let that go unchallenged because it wasn't true. Let me just read to you what he said. He said uh, in verse 70 of that chapter, uh, he answered and said, did not I choose you 12, but one of you is the devil? And then he says that he spoke of Judas Iscariot, the son of Simon, for it was he who would betray him, being one of the twelve. So Jesus said, well, hang on a minute. Uh, there's actually one amongst you who are not genuine believers.
0: Okay, so why did Judas uh, become a Christian at all?
1: Well, I think you could say that for some of the disciples, not all of them, but for some in, in that group of twelve, they followed him initially for selfish reasons. You know, they were lured by, um, you know, the, the idea of power and, and fame and yep. um, position. They saw that Jesus was gathering a crowd. They had an agenda, some of them. But then, as Jesus taught them, they become transformed. But but Judas never was. Um, was he saved? Well, Jesus called him a devil, called him a thief, called him a betrayer, called him even the son of perdition—a term which he only used that he's uh, only used in the Scripture, I should say, for the antichrist. So, was he ever saved? Uh, no, because Jesus said, Look, it'd be better for that man if he was never born. Now he wouldn't say that about someone that was saved. But what about the other disciples? How is it that they could never suspect him of not being genuine? <laughs> that's that's right. It's quite amazing. Well, they were hung together the whole time, you know. Not only that, but they appointed him as the treasurer. <laughs> you you gotta <laughs> yeah. really trust someone when you trust them with the money. Um you know, right at the end when Jesus said, Look one of you is gonna betray me, they didn't say, That's you, Judas. We know what you're you know, what's going on. They said, Lord, is it me? So, if the apostles didn't know that a fellow disciple was actually saved, um, you know, we, we, we're not expected to know whether every Christian is saved or not. That's between them and God. But of course, we can know that we are saved, whether we have fully trusted in Jesus for our salvation. Yeah. But here's another question I'm often asked Well, what about my my relative that did once trust in Jesus? And they're backslidden, so. Yeah. Point. Are they saved or, or they're lost? Where are they now? My answer is look, ask them this question. When you stand before God, And he says, why should I let you into my kingdom? What would you say? If they say, well, I believe that Jesus Christ died in my place, even though I'm not what I should be, I'm trusting in what Jesus did there. My belief, Phil, is that they are genuinely saved.
0: A good reminder that salvation is forever. That's our theme this week, and we'll have more tomorrow. Until then, remember, you don't have to carry that baggage. God wants you to be set free.
1: For books, DVDs, small group studies and other resources from Ken Leg, including the book This Is The Life, which features topics from today's message, visit the Vision Christian store at vision.org.au. That's
0: vision.org.au.